0: place lately it's um which is you know thrilling to watch but i wanted to hear if there was like a moment that kind of stood out throughout the year because when i last saw you it was around team camp and you had been through some stuff so but i wanted to hear like was there a a time or a thing that you've done this year that kind of stands out that is like a good memory bad memory whatever you want it to be epic um yeah yeah. is there is there something that stands out?
1: that's the last time we saw each other was team camp i think so In yeah.
0: Large? Oh wait, no, I think so. No, something after wait, that. Wait, no, we Nashville, saw each other at Redlands. Yeah. Redlands. Right. A few yeah. months later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and going through stuff, what you mean is, I just come back from Italy, from Strada Bianchi, and got COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Cleared of COVID, and then jump in the team car for six hours every day, and then do one on ones every night till ten o'clock, and yep. I'm passed out on the stairs, and like, yep. I think it's time for Lauren to go home. Like. I think so too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, but it showed your, it showed your devotion. I loved it. It was great.
1: But, oh man, that's part of it. Isn't it though? I yeah. mean, that's yeah. being a director. Um, yeah. Uh, something this year, like you said, yeah, I have been full gas. Um, and I would say probably going over to the Tour de France with USA Cycling Foundation. So yeah. Um, when I started with the foundation, the end of 2019, then COVID hit. So essentially we were doing Zwift and zoom calls with our donors and potential donors. And like, you know, as much as I love and know what that platform can be and how good it is like zoom now is like, it's how we do all of our meetings, which is cool. But you know, like I'm much more of an in-person, like I, I like to meet people and do things and be out and about and ride our bikes outside and have these new adventures. And so we finally get to go to the tour de France. I'm like, Oh man, this is really cool. And we're there the second week of the tour. We stay just outside of Annecy, France. Um, if, Oh my God, talk about a beautiful place. Lake Annecy is just mountains on each side and every day there's paragliders. So you're riding your bike one. I mean, that's why we're there. Is like to ride our bike, go see the tour. That's all great. Um, but every day there's these paragliders from sun up to sundown, and I'm just like, this is so cool. <laughs> and so, uh, I was so enthusiastic th- enthusiastic about these paragliders that uh, two of the donors, a husband and wife, were like, "That looks like a lot of fun. We'd we'd do it with you." Oh, cool! And so Saturday before flying home on Sunday, we had a free day. And the three of us went and signed up for paragliding. And there I was in France, stepping off the side of a cliff with some random <laughs> glider guy that could barely speak any English. And I'm like, I'm totally doing this. And it was probably one of the coolest things I've ever done. That's um, awesome. yeah, so that was that was pretty cool this year. Yeah, that's pretty nice.
0: awesome. Man, that must yeah. be a, a European thing. Well, I know it's popular here, but um, in Chamonix, that was it was huge there. Oh um, and they were doing that as well. So it was, I mean, it's freaking cool. You look up and there's like 30 people in the air. It's pretty amazing.
1: I guess so, especially with the type of mountains that they mm-hmm. have and all the different yeah. locations, all the mountains that they have. I mean, you know, yeah. we've got the Rockies and the guy that, you know, again, I don't know if this is his stick or what, but he he was saying that the only place to do it in the U.S. that's really good is uh, Torrey Pines in San Diego.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere
1: right there which, uh, I mean, man, it's him. not like I do a lot of paragliding <laughs> research, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think like, yeah. So what yeah,
0: do I know? Elitist yeah. man. Well, that maybe that means you like did that in one of the best places in the world. So
1: yeah, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say that. That's gonna exactly that
0: up. right. All right, cool. Well, that, that, that <laughs> memory sounds a lot. That story is a lot better than like the getting COVID and coming back and like barely, <laughs> 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 a barely loving team camp. Yeah, that was, that's good too. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that was awesome too. I, I mean, was. I love yes. you guys. Yes. I love my Project Echelon guys. As a matter of fact, I just talked to Eric Hill yesterday. So sick! I'm excited yes. to be on the peripheral with you guys okay. in the future. Awesome. All
0: right. Well, man, maybe that could be a whole different pod. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, and it was the only time like if you really need to find a time to like uh, be able to run with a superior athlete, Give, make sure she has COVID beforehand, and then go on runs with her, and then you will thrive. You will like feel like a badass. So I, that's what I recommend. <laughs>
1: uh, you, like, no, hey, and you did a summer trip, a running trip. You guys just got back, didn't you? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So that was why I said Chamonix. We we just yeah. went to Chamonix and did the trail to Mount Blanc, which was amazing, and I'd recommend it for anyone that is listening. Um, it's funny; it's like a lot of cyclists have no idea what the UTMB is, but it's like the the biggest ultra race in the world. Um, so it's cool to get a glimpse into it. Definitely never yeah. going to run that, but it was uh pr- pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Next yeah. adventure. I'll put that on my list.
0: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Add it on to one of your trips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, so everyone, um, we are back and guess what I have, as you've probably noticed, I have Lauren hall with me, um, which is awesome. And I'm pumped. Basically, you know, outside of just being a phenomenal person to chat to, she also has just a huge extensive history in the sport and, um, just so many different hands at play in different parts of the sport, which I have huge respect for, um, just because I think like that is such a way of giving back to the sport in general, um, But as a result, that is why I thought she would be the perfect person to have on to talk about kind of like what basically along the theme of what the sport uh, was, what the sport is now, and then what the sport will hopefully become or will eventually become or what we think it will become. Um, But I wanted to give everyone a little bit of a background on you just in case they might not happen to know who you are. Um, So I want to leave that a little bit in your court. So um, I guess describe yourself. Who is Lauren hall?
1: Oh, uh, as a bike racer,
0: <laughs> just uh, honestly, you can go wherever you want with yeah. that. I,
1: no, it's I, funny. Yeah. Um, one of my good friends, when they first met me, they said, Oh, you're the professional cyclist. I said, no, I'm Lauren hall. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: like, "Yeah, You know, I like I'd, that.
1: I'd hate to be defined as just a professional cyclist, but in the cycling world and in that career that I had, which was such a gift and a life-changing gift, um, you know, started just racing in the United States, uh, started racing crits professionally, um, and thought this is good. And then that led to doing stage races in the U S and I thought that was, that was it. That was great. Um, and then I joined TIPCO in 2012 and TIPCO took me to Europe for the very first time. And I went from crashing in 2011, one time all year <laughs> with Colavita, To crashing three times in two weeks Uh, with Tipco in in Europe. But I mean, uh, this is like talk about uh, jumping in the deep end, like all the spring classics. Um, I I very distinctly remember lining up Drentha, the very first race in February, and Teresa Cliffron is there on the front row who if you knew Teresa, like she's super cool, savvy, like at the back of the Peloton starting all the crits in the U S racing, stage racing, like no worries, no stress. And there she was on the front line cool. in Europe. And I'm like, what are you doing up here? And she's like, get up here now. And like, like <laughs> what, awesome. you know, just a completely <laughs> different human. And yeah. she's got her gels in her shorts. Like you don't have time to go to your back pocket with your hands. Cause it's so tight. You better, you know, and that's when I was just like, oh shit <laughs> <laughs> what, what did i just get into like and you know it's it's just a whole different world over there and then that led to three years of racing on the national team over in europe essentially in the spring classics so i rode for uh carmen small Kristen mcgrath and then i finally had a shot at um taking a couple of chances myself and that led to winning gent weblegum in 2014 which is awesome under the national team kit um just I didn't even know what that race was. So that's that's where I was in like the scheme of racing. Like we had won the Jura Rosa as a national team the year prior with mm-hmm. Mara Abbott. Mm-hmm. Um and like I said, I knew the spring classics, but I don't think Ghent Weblegum was on our calendar yet. Um, and if it was, it was still smaller until like that year. And then now looking at it, it's like, Oh my God, that was a really cool race. It's a big deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, it is.
1: <laughs> but at the time I'm like, I just want to race in Europe. Suck it. But that's really <laughs> what I was thinking about more than anything. Um, and I mean, just a couple of other random accolades is like, I'm a three-time national track champion. Uh, so I would supplement track racing in the winter, uh, for road. Um, so I went to Carson and I just fell in love with the track. Absolutely loved it. And uh, 15 laps I was on, the, on the balustrade, like, this is great. You know, <laughs> Roger Young taught me everything. Johnny yeah. Walsh was out there taught me how to throw Madison. So uh, national champion in the Madison, the individual pursuit in the scratch race. Cool. Um, second place at Road Nats, two years in a row. First year, Megan Garnier on 2012 2012- mm, Yeah. 2012. And then 2013 to Jay Wilcoxon um, when they finally joined the men's and women's racing together in Chattanooga. So that was so cool. Um, Yeah. And then just, I think every podium in the U S every stage race, every crit Um, back then that, I mean, now there's some new races, right. But yeah, that was pretty cool at the time uh, to say that Um, finished my career with United healthcare. So just kind of jumping around a little bit, it was about 10 years of racing um, so yeah, it's, she, yeah,
0: it's, it's pretty impressive. I mean, I, that's funny that you actually mentioned the every stage race in the country. Cause that was one of my notes, just like going basically stocking your results. I was like, holy crap. It's like a stage win in every single stage race. There's not one missing. So it was pretty, it was pretty sweet. Um, so you mentioned though, that you're not a cyclist, like you're not defined as being a cyclist, but everything you just mentioned was your cycling career. So I'm curious yeah. what else you got who is I mean how
1: long you got on this podcast (laughs) (laughs)
0: give me a little bit
1: well I'd say you know look and retiring at the end of 2018 and kind of going through transition and and Mm -hmm. what does that look like and going back into the real world and getting a job uh that's still pretty fresh on my mind and having that identity crisis slightly of like who you are and you know what defines you like you said but um you know I grew up playing soccer I was a soccer player all through college played on a uh, full scholarship at Mississippi State played semi-pro for a year graduated from college went to culinary school so you know I've got my culinary arts degree Uh, I'm handy with a knife (laughs) 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 I'm good for team camp for dinner there you (laughs) go (laughs) um and I've got my master's degree in management. I worked in child nutrition for five years at a desk job before I even started cycling. So wow. there was a whole life before cycling, um, and I'm I'm tickled to death to see what life is after cycling. But having that be a main focus uh, in my life because it'll now that I've I've got it like this is my family like really like coming to team camp with you guys just is like, it may be the hardest thing to do physically, but it's emotionally, it's exactly where I want to be. Um, so I also, so I work for USA cycling foundation now and I do fundraising, um, which it's again, I love the sport and I can talk cycling all day. I race, cycle, cross, I race the track. I've done a couple of mountain bike races, you know, road racing to the nth degree, Um, but you know, when it comes time to ask him for money, that's the, that's a new space for me. Yeah. Um, but again, wrapping my head around that. Uh, and then, um, I commentate also on the side, which is a lot of fun working with. And now the cool thing I've now worked with all the American commentators, I'd say. So Chad Andrews, Dave Toll, Brad Soner, Bob Roll, and which is cool. Like they're all unique in what they do and bring and, again, like working together to call a race is a, it's so much fun. And it's another rush. It's unbelievable. Like you finish a a race and you're just like, what do I do with this energy? You know? Uh, and then directing, um, I helped direct a women's team right after I retired and then, you know, having the ability to help with the guys, like it's one, it's such an honor because there's not a lot of women in the men's space. Um, and then project echelon, like everything that that program stands for. And, uh, the guys that are on the team, you know, there's a lot of great guys in the Peloton, but you know, when you sign on emotionally with the team and you know, you're in it hundred percent, like they become your family. So, oh. you know, I'm proud of Tyler Stites, and, <laughs> you know, worried about, you know, so it's just, yeah, it's, I love it. I absolutely love the sport.
0: <laughs> it's, it's funny how quickly, uh, as directors, we become like parent, almost uh-huh. kind of like we we yes. uh kind of transition to that care in that way. Um yeah it's it's pretty it's cute. It's cute. Um, have you
1: I have to I have a question for you. Have you ever gone back to one of your directors? Cause I've definitely gone back to Rachel Hill and been like, how'd you how'd do you do this? How yeah. do you do how do you do this so yep. well? And yep. keep it together, and keep us together. It's just like wow.
0: Yep. <laughs> you I think, done that? I think there is no better way of learning like how big of a probably i mean, for, you know for lack of better words a dick you were back then, or like exactly. selfish. Because yeah. I I I've been yeah I've talked to my previous directors and been like man I'm so sorry I was like very selfish and thank you like I'm I had no idea basically what all you provided for me and. I could have given two craps back then. So I appreciate you. And yeah, yeah, big time. Cause... Well, you're
1: a different mindset then. And totally. I, I just had this conversation with Janelle Spilker because next year is the 10-year reunion for the jurors. Oh, yeah. So cool. I'm, I'm trying to coordinate us to get together some, probably in Boulder. Um, but you know, I think when you're a bike racer at that level, you almost have to put blinders on. Mm-hmm brain is just wired into the super competitive, uh, space that, you know, you, you're everything, everything matters from your relationship, how much you sleep, how much you eat, how much you travel, who you're with, what your goals are, what the team goals are. Like, mm-hmm. it just like the pressure we have on ourselves makes us be different people to others. And yeah. I, it's the same thing. It's like, I know there were times that I was like, I have to win or I'm not happy or, I have to be with this person on the team, or I'm not happy, or um, we have to be doing these races, or I'm not happy. And yeah, same thing. It's like, I know I was an asshole at some time, you know. And and there have been women that have been like, Oh, you not that I was mean in the Peloton, but they were intimidated by me. And I'm mm-hmm. I mean? What? <laughs> like yeah. on the bike, yeah. you're a completely different person than off the bike. And yeah, because you're protecting your space, your team, your spot, your results. So yeah. But it's good to have the awareness now to go back to sit oh, director yeah. and be like, "Man, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't I, mean it."
0: <laughs> I the other thing I was been thinking about is we as directors and uh, the sport itself promotes doing that too. Like we tell them to um, not tell them directly, but imply it in different ways to be selfish and to like not worry about the rest, like. Hey, we're going to, you know, do all this stuff for you. Like, we'll cover that. Don't worry about that. We'll do your laundry. Like, don't worry about that. Um, it, it promotes them kind of thinking solely on what they need to do. And, um, and I have thought about like in the past, like, wow, that's maybe a good thing for athlete promotion and development. It's almost like, is that good long-term to be doing? Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just an interesting, like juxtaposition kind of with teaching maturity too along the way
1: it's um towards the end of my career as on united healthcare janelle cole was on the team uh rachel's our director rachel tells me or the team like hey you guys figure out how to get yourselves to the race i'll see you guys at the race you know like it's riding mm-hmm. distance you, you know get yourself there yeah um and so i looked at janelle and she was kind of the younger rider and she was in college and you know i can see her potential so i was like hey janelle um can you can you get us there as a like the team leader trying to give delegate some responsibility yeah yeah. a little bit more pressure that's not just bike racing pressure yeah and to see it kind of like man she's stressed and I was like look it's okay I've got your back like we've got back up here it's gonna be fine it's three miles down the road but like to to delegate just small responsibilities like that may help the athlete kind of long term pull back of like hey yeah You're in charge of laundry tonight, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it for you at the races, but in between the races, like take a little responsibility for yourself.
0: (laughs) It's, it's, it's funny you say that too, because the, well, first of all, I want to just say like, as you noticed, I think project echelon, a lot of my battles actually have been making them stop do stuff and to kind of like step away from being adults because they are a little bit more of a mature. Um, and I say mature just because they are older. We have an older average age than most teams. Yeah, it's different to direct a U23 team, I'm sure. But with our guys, um a lot of the time I have to be like, all right, no, like don't worry about it. I got to cover it. Like don't worry about that. Um you're just kind of adding things into the mix. Um but oftentimes at the end of the races, I just like make a switch where all of a sudden, you know, I'm off the clock guys. Like you guys are back to being adults. <laughs> like you can turn that switch back on and it it startles them when I do it. Like I've had a couple guys where Like I'm going to, yeah, I don't need to call anyone out, but there's a couple of people that are just like, wait, what? Like, why, why am I doing this? And I'm like, because you're an adult, you can do this now. And and it is, um, it's, yeah, it's just kind of funny, the changes that we make and I'm totally guilty of it. I'm not saying I'm not, but yeah, it's, it's. And
1: what I also learned as a director, and I mean, how many times have I done Joe Martin? How many times have I've done Valley of the Sun? But now I've got five people in the car that depend on me for a start time and like, you
0: know,
1: sign on the basics of we're going to have a team meeting at this time, you know, be kitted up. And all of a sudden, like, I, I'm just like focused on driving to the start. And for some reason, like my brain is, you're going to go to the, you put in the wrong address in the GPS. And again, I've talked to Rachel about this and she said, yeah, that was something you just get, it's like going to your first bike race. You worry about these things before you even line up and Then eventually you're like you're Teresa Cliff Run at the back like what's the big deal we're about to go for a bike <laughs> 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 you know so it's yep. just like oh, this is so interesting
0: yeah yeah it. it's it's yeah it's great um wow we could I mean sure at some point we can just do a directing podcast for sure that's 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 fairly easy um but let's let's get into kind of the the topic um and this is kind of like a side tangent to to help spur the conversation so it was it was good um. But let's, let's start with, um, what the sport was. So, um, what I kind of wanted to go within this was, um, now that you're kind of removed from the sport a little bit, what did, what do you think? Looking back the sport provided for you. So like what, if you think of the sport as what it was or what the infrastructure or, you know, whatever it was, um, what are like the initial thoughts that kind of you step away from it with, I know that's kind of a vague question, but.
1: Yeah, like in the context of what it gave me specifically, you know, it was um, a, a chance to reconnect with that team aspect. Because again, I had gone from soccer and then like, oh, my God, this family into full time job. And I'm thinking, OK, this is going to be my family. But all of a sudden, like in a real world practical situation, I'm working with women that are almost a retirement age and I'm in my mid twenties. So like our goals and objectives um, throughout the day and throughout the year and, and five-year plans are completely different. Right. Yeah. Um, Some of them are just punching a time clock just to, until they retire. Yeah. And here's a new kid like, well, I've got all these ideas and this is fun and I've got this energy and you know, and it, you know, it, it, for me, it was like, Oh, this isn't the same thing. And these people, we all don't have the same end goal. So when I found cycling, one for health and fitness, cause I had gained weight, um, two for that team aspect, um, three, and then like that, I have, I'm super competitive. i everything in life. I've got two older brothers. I mean, it's from sunup to sundown. It's, I it's just who I am. Like anything in life. I'm just, I'm a competitive individual. So to like really scratch that itch. Um, and then, then you start branching out and seeing. you know, at first it was like Louisiana, Mississippi, and like, I've never been to this place and race my bicycle. And and those challenges that come with just racing your bicycle and training and riding and doing the group rides, like all those things, like this fun task to complete. And it's such a black and white task because you can hit the markers or you can't, right? You either do the distance or you don't, you either win the race or you don't. Whereas like life is such a gray area, especially work, like emails, like you can always do emails, right? Or it's just like, I don't know, the measurements are just different. I feel like in the real world versus the, the athletic world, is just like so blunt and in yes. your face. And I love it. And it's clear. Um, it's not arbitrary. It's just like straight up and down. So um, that is what it gave me. And then then it just grew from there. And I I never had any expectation of that. I would do this for 10 years or that, you know, I would race for the national team or that I'd race world championships. Like all those were gifts. I would say they were achievements that I wanted to meet and objectives I wanted to meet. But, you know, when I started this in the beginning, that wasn't the end goal, you know, it was just, it's fun. (laughs) This is a weekend. I like racing my bike on the weekend and, you know, coming back to work and be like, well, that was cool. I got some road rash because I quit my pedal because I didn't know what I was doing, you know? Uh, and the women call me basically crazy, you know? <laughs> uh, so, um, and then the gift of the people it gave me in my life, like um, just, it's just, I grew up in Mississippi. It's just such a, you know, just different people there. And, and yeah. these are more, I don't want to say the Mississippi is not active, but I mean, um, you know, for the most part, they're very outdoorsy in the, in the sure, South. They sure. like to hunt and fish and all that, yeah, which is yeah. great, but yeah. it's just a different mindset in sport. Um, and again, this is something I can do for the rest of my life when soccer wasn't basketball or track and, you know, tennis, all these sports I played growing up, but like now I've got something and friends all around the world that I can do this with every single day for the rest of my life or until I can't ride a bike anymore. Yeah. And that was kind of like just, just recently, I guess, retiring from the sport and still knowing that I need activity in my life every single day. Um, I need to check that box. Like I have to take care of myself physically uh, and emotionally before I can sit down and do my work or, you know, plan on, you know, really do anything for others. Um, and I think that's important to recognize and to know is like, all right, I I need to get out the door, go for a run or lift weights or whatever it is ride my bike. And then, then I can focus on outward, whatever I need to do, directing a team, you know, I would go for a run, uh, like you and I went for a run after, um, one of the days or whatever, but that's important. Like, just is so good for us just yeah um yeah and so that's you know that has at least put that in me for the rest of my life that i know i'll always hopefully be active to chase adventures and seek out fun stuff and um yeah that's essentially what i would say cycling has given me
0: (laughs) and no wonder you're like yeah good at connecting with a a vast majority of people i I get it um (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, what about the, I guess, more like infrastructure side of the sport? So for example, when you started racing, uh, what did that scene look like? And, um, then how did that change within the, you know, the, the years that you were racing, like what did that, um, progression of maybe even just like the level of sport or infrastructure within the sport? Like how did that change necessarily?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, starting out. Uh, my first paycheck was zero dollars. My second paycheck, uh, salary was six thousand dollars. Um, and I think my third year, I think I made ten thousand dollars. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, uh, and I know that hasn't changed a lot on in some cases on um, some of the smaller teams and men's and women's teams. But I think, um, you know, that has definitely stepped up significantly on the women's side. Uh, you know, world tour having a minimum salary is just amazing. Like, yeah. um, you know, for the the ability for a female to go away and have a baby and come back like that was career ending. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm product of Title Nine, and I see that it's just growing outwardly into all the sports and into the professional ranks and. I think it's just a matter of time, but like, I don't think we'll ever, I don't, I don't want to say ever, but it'd be hard for us to equal the men's side of things. Um, but I, I do like that we have significantly closed the gap as a whole. Yeah. Um, and I think now we talk way more about mental health Yeah. and, and depression and, and, you know, how you, your feelings, like, I signed on with a sports psych like midway through my career, maybe like 2015, 2016. And I told mom, I was like, oh yeah, I'm just like the 1% gain of like getting your your brain right. And she's like, what's wrong with you? What's like, <laughs> yeah, wrong with me well there's all kinds of things wrong with me mom no but you know it's just like that's her first inclination like so that's that generation and my generation is like all right we're we're okay with this and now I would think the next generation is like yeah we're outwardly talking about it it's all on Instagram Facebook like I'm going through this today and it's so interesting to see how that has definitely changed um uh so much in the last 10 years um and you know also Another point, uh, thinking about this with like Amber Pierce and Janelle, Jay Wilcoxon is, you know, Amber made a good point one time. She said, um, we can be aggressive towards each other, but we don't have to be bitches to one another. So it's like, I'm going to push you as hard as I can, but it's only because it's going to make us both better. It's not that I don't like you. And that also, I think, was a mentality shift. I mean, if you look at someone like Amber Neiman, she's the best in the world. And, you know, I think she would do her best always. And, but never, never, never in a way that is malicious towards someone else. Like she's always going to be the best and you're always going to have to come up to her standard. And I think that's a really cool thing. And she was always super nice about it too. Like always open to talk to you as an athlete and, I guess rode for her my very first time at Redlands and I got time cut the first day, <laughs> but okay. she, you know, as a leader of the team, she's like, you know, she'll gladly talk to you. And, and she did. And she's like, hey, this is your first race, like pro race. It's, it's okay. This is a hard day. And, you know um, and kind of seeing that and emulating that throughout my career of you can be the best in the world and also be nice. Yeah. You know, Um, you can be, you can be hard on the bike, you know, again, protecting your space, protecting your team, protecting your objective and your goal. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're not a nice person. Um, and so I think that has also like, there's, uh, competitors hugging after a race, you know, the winner and the loser. Um, and I don't think you would have seen that, you know, five, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm.
0: I find that like a little bit more fascinating on, like the cycle cross and mountain biking side where you know there's a start grid of you know a handful of riders a little bit smaller group compared to let's say like a world tour peloton and Mm -hmm. they are you know it's still exciting competition but it's like the top 10 competing against the top 10 if not like the top three competing against the top three every single time so and then yet at the end of the day they're still like very um courteous to each other and have a lot of due respect for each other and care about that respect um, a lot which is you know something that I think um, at least locally like in the U.S. scene we could still strive to get to a little bit more Um, but yeah in in general I think like that is how we can kind of help build each other up versus uh, that natural like I want to beat you I want to put you into the ground kind of thing that People yeah, think they want.
1: And I also wonder if, with this is just pondering the thought, is that you know, sure. cyclocross and mountain biking, you're also racing the course.
0: Mm, that's an interesting
1: um, thought. And so you can be like, oh my god, that drop that <laughs> was four feet, you know, whatever. In mountain biking, and we both we all made it over, and that person ate shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> whereas in road racing, yes, there's mountains to climb. Um, but it, it is slightly different. Right. But, yeah. uh, I'll, I wonder if that's has something to do with it. I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to ask a mountain biker, but yeah, that'd,
0: that'd be a good yeah. question. Mm-hmm. Huh. I, I, so, um, you know, you talked about mental health, which I think is like huge to explore. Um, cause I, I agree with you now. It's almost like that's not necessarily like working with sports. Like is, is a given, but it's very much accepted, which is great because, even like a couple of years ago, I feel like that was something that was still kind of tipping and still kind of changing. Um, do you, I wonder also if you have seen that like within uh, either your peers or other athletes that you've seen, that it is something that we are providing each other more, uh, mental space and support rather than the other way around.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. Again, I just, was it the people that I was fortunate enough to have a mm-hmm. career with, or, right? Yeah, or yeah. Uh, if it, if that is just um, how, you know, uh, but it, so uh, another segue, I, I help with a nonprofit in Tucson, the Homestretch Foundation. So the Homestretch Foundation is a house that we offer free housing to female cyclists. Um, and we ask them to stay from one month up till six months. So you want to talk about like understanding and getting appreciation for a director, um, and t- you know, a, like a sorority house, because you've got eight to ten driven, confident um, cyclists that are, you know, training every day. They're around yeah. each other every day. So like, it's there's a tipping point. You know, it's like uh, we we all need to be like doing our best to look after one another and everyone's personal space. And, um, again, like I, I've called Rachel and been like, Oh my God, how did you keep us all sane and <laughs> liking each other? You know? Cause there's, there's I mean, you hanging out with some, someone long enough, you, they kind of get on your nerves somewhere. Oh, so, 100%. but again, like being in that house and the conversations that we've had, as far as mental health eating, a huge one also, um, mm-hmm. uh, Eating habits and sleep patterns. And um, if it wasn't something I personally dealt with or dealt with on my previous teams, now I'm dealing with it, you know. uh, And again, I would say that's almost like a team environment, but in a different capacity for me because now I'm the director or manager of the house. And so, um, and what that looks like and how I can offer my support and patience and lend an ear and in any guidance. Um, and just, you know, I'm, I'm a very giving person. Um, I'm very sensitive. And so, you know, when you see, or when I see someone hurting or going through something, I want to try and help them as much as possible. So, um, yeah. And I just think that's, um, that whole narrative has definitely changed again in the past, what, five or six years, because it used to be like, toughen up, get back out there poker face don't tell them what's wrong you know or anything like that and i think now it's just like there's so much more to the athlete than just toeing the line and doing the watts and putting out the heart rate or whatever it is like um you start with a sports psych but in reality it's everything that led to that athlete to get to the starting line that is like those one percent gains yeah so um yeah so it's yeah it's been it's been Interesting to see all that kind of.
0: So erode. I'm, I'm curious, like you, um, I think the sport is changing and it's progressing in a good way. I think, um, you still like, and this might exist forever. Cause you know, inherently we try and be, you know, strong and, uh, not needing any help and, um, that's just kind of who a lot of people are and a lot of athletes are. So I'm curious, um. What, uh, cues or how do you operate to help athletes that maybe like, you can see that maybe they need a little help, but aren't, you aren't like expressing that to you directly and what they need. Like, how do you provide that support? Whether or not it's like moral or, you know, a different kind of support.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can. a lot of, well, I was going to say that they come to you, but they don't do they? I mean, it's, that's part of being a director, right. Is mm-hmm. managing expectations and managing the group and seeing, I mean, you can one have the conversation of, um, Hey, you know, you're different today. Um, or, or a lot of times, like, especially you're a coach, you know, this is like, if you're not, if you don't hit your numbers, like something's up, or yeah. like you're you get, you get spit out of a group ride, like something's up, like, and inevitably you come back to the regroup or the coffee shop and just hear it in conversation of, I didn't sleep well last night or I didn't eat breakfast or, you know, whatever it is. And then someone who, you know, cares or knows this person, right. They're going to do like, I don't know. You kind of ruminate on these things when you mm-hmm. ride or I do anyway. Of yeah. Riding the best time to think, isn't it? Like all, it you is. can solve so many problems riding your bike. And so, you know, you... Like I said, you're around either your team or the house or whatever, and Mm -hmm. you you know these day in and day out habits of thing of people, and you're just like, hey, uh, I'm here if you need anything. And usually that that open door right is um, goes a long way. What's going on? I mean, like I said, you're a coach, you know exactly. (laughs) You know, I'm sure half the time you don't have to ask. They're like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> vomiting like, and then this happened and then this <laughs> yeah, so, yeah
0: I think uh, uh, that's yeah. a, that's an interesting point though because the the coaching side is really interesting because you know if you have a good coach-athlete relationship athletes are really forthcoming with what's going on yeah. um you are able to ask questions you get generally you get pretty good responses like, Hey, do you have other stressors going on right now? They generally tell you what's going on because it benefits them. Um, but in a directing role, I've found that it's, you have to be a little bit more like tactful. You have to kind of step back a little bit and figure out what makes each one of them tick. And then, um, once you've learned that you can kind of ask leading questions or, um, like most recently, an example was I had to basically just be go up to an athlete and say like, Hey man, like, everything's fine. Everything's good. Did you see what just happened? Like that was, that was fine. Um, but that's something that I wouldn't necessarily tell a different athlete because they would be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, don't, don't tell me that. (laughs) So it's, I think that that's the interesting side because especially when other teammates are around too, it kind of changes the dynamic. Um, 100%. yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and again, like going back when, when I was on United healthcare, um, and those last couple of years, like I was a a team captain, team leader. Um, and one of the things that, again, my sports psych, you know, uh, said, this may be a good team building opportunity to go to team camp and essentially sat down with all my teammates, um, um. and I don't think we had Rachel there just so it could be super within the group. And then one year we had Rachel there because we trust mm-hmm. her that much, but it was basically I'll start since I'm team captain and I'm bringing this to the table is maybe something we should do. But, um, I think we should all talk about our challenges and our strengths. Cool. So then it's all out there, especially when you don't, we didn't call it weaknesses. We call them challenges. Um, right. Cause again, just wording can verbiage can
0: difference. Just, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And I, and you know, I go first and I was like, um, confidence in my sprint and like, as someone who's won as many sprints as I had being the team captain, like super confident on the bike, like just kind of all of a sudden it's just like, what, you know, and and you just never know what people are dealing with until they're in a safe enough space. Like you're talking about either one-on-one or figuring out what that is for them to feel vulnerable enough to tell you these things. Um, and confident that they're not gonna use it to 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 a disadvantage of you or an advantage of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that we won every race we entered that year on GC. Yeah. So it's just like so powerful. Again, Loretta Hansen's across, like, I'm worried, I'm racing for 150K for a sprint, and you know, I'm worried for 149K. You know, it's just like, <laughs> what, you're so good, or like Katie Hall, I don't know that I'm gonna be able to make up the climb like what and <laughs> as a center like you know yeah, like yeah you are uh, i'm 100 sure you're gonna and even rachel kind of getting in of like i lack confidence and and get or like i don't know how to give you guys the, or show you that you have the confidence mm. and I was like, wow that's really powerful um so you know i just think that is such a cool thing and when we were at team camp with project echelon I was trying to get that out of the guys too. And we were doing all our one-on-ones, but again, yeah. like I'm a new kid. They may not know who I am. And you've got, there's three people, four people in the room. It's a little harder to kind of get a stretch out of those guys. And mm-hmm. again, I don't know if that's male versus female too, or just kind of knowing your audience. And I didn't really know the guys right at yeah. team camp. And it takes a while to get a, per- like you said, like get a personality and know what makes them tick and know how to see the signs or to motivate them or to back off.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think like the, the interesting side of, you know, especially now like trying to find riders for next year, making sure we're making the right roster selections. Like I'm always looking at riders to be able to see beyond just them and to be able to like, I know that they're able to have like a legitimate conversation where they're asking somebody, Hey, how's your day? Or, Hey, like, Hey, didn't you go do like this? Or didn't you go see that F one race? Like that's rad. Like, how was it like that kind of stuff? Cause it's, it seems so basic and so mundane, but like having an athlete that's able to step away from a themselves, be the sport and like C apply it to the person in front of them is huge. And it's a skill that honestly, not that many people possess. So if you can find it within a bike racer, then you know that they might just maybe be able to sort through the chaos that bike racing can provide and be like a phenomenal teammate.
1: Um, there you have it folks. this is how you <laughs> <don't project. laughs> Now you know
0: the secret. Ask, ask somebody on the team about their f one experience. No. that probably will get you in with a lot of guys that love their f1 um, but, but it's
1: it's quite it's the juxtaposition of saying Isaiah, your role on the team is to be our lead out guy mm-hmm. and you wanting to fulfill that one hundred percent. but then also, like, well, today we're gonna to need you to get in the break. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I thought I'm, you know, and this goes back to um, you know, doing your laundry or whatever is like um trying to like think of all those possibilities and kind of like you said, like the whole athlete and the the rest of the world. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of your team, you know, um, it's that hard bit of I 100 percent trust you to win this race today but also just in case like it's like you know as an athlete you're like what do you want me to do i don't know what to do and then so yeah then you get a bit protective of tell too much of my true feelings or what i really think is going to happen because then they may not pick me next time to win this race and so, yeah it's like this yeah wheel that you, you play with your, in your mind just like oh my god
0: yeah so Yeah. I mean, it does appear like the teams, at least within the U S circuit is, um, and I'm speaking to that primarily because that's where most of my touch points are, but, um, tend to be more supportive of like a holistic approach to, um, being a a professional athlete in the U S so doing more things like whether or not that's like, um, somebody on legion putting on a race or, you know, somebody elsewhere, uh, having a full-time job, um, it, it, tends to look like it's more accepting of that do you do you agree with that? have you seen that? I mean even just beyond our team too
1: no and and uh, and kind of going back to the thread and theme of the podcast of like what's changed mm-hmm. and the first question of you know from when I raised to now is not only do you have to be a good athlete, but you have to be good at self-promotion you have to be good at videography and yeah. music and putting together your reels and yeah. and your sponsor products and making it your own and now you have to put on a race or um support a non-profit which is awesome but it's just like oh man i'm kind of glad i'm not an athlete now because it's just <laughs> like the, the upkeep like it's a second second job to, yes. to keep up with your social media yeah um And I'm guilty of following it, which, you know, as a commentator, thank you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Because between like pro cycling stats and first cycling and Instagram, like that's how I get most of my content.
0: Yeah, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Right. So it it is, it's crazy how like then and now that has changed so much. Yeah.
0: It makes me like the, personally, when I was racing, I worked full-time like the whole time I was racing. So the, and granted it was remote. It was coaching. It was very, uh, figured out a way of doing it. Um, but it gave me a lot of support mentally to have something else to focus on while I was racing. So I was almost grateful coming out of it that I had all that. And of course, obviously like getting done with my racing, I was glad to have something to land on, but the, it, it watching the guys now who do have either part-time or full-time jobs and having something to focus on rather than just like, sitting around and, uh, playing pool for 12 hours when they're not racing in Belgium. Like that's, um, we had a small pool table in Belgium. That's the joke there. Um, <laughs> but the, basically like that gave them something else to focus on. And the guys seem to be less stressed, able to process it more. And then like, boom, all of a sudden the race is there and they're like, all right, cool. We're ready to go. So, um, well, yeah, isn't
1: it's, there it's like, there's, um, you know, there is a part of, uh, psychology that is literally like, stop thinking about the race mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: and that is a part of recovery. Um, because yeah. you keep ruminating on the race and your body can't literally like come down yeah. and recover. And so again, that was, yeah. And that's, that's, that's such a good point is like, you stop thinking about racing. Cause you have to be into coach mode and yeah. you're you're kind of forced into it, whereas like with my sports site, she's like, pick up a book, call a friend that's not in the sport, like you know, find go for a walk, like find something else to do. Um, my off-season <laughs> contract time was a puzzle, yeah. And, like, just, yeah, you know, something mundane as I'm uh, putting a, a puzzle together, but man, I could. It was like Whoa. hours later, <laughs> like, <"Wow!" laughs> you know. But yeah, that's there's something to that, and and maybe maybe the social media is almost like a help hindrance mm, you know of, it it takes your mind off of the race because you have to post about your shoes that you love and like Was so i don't know you know i don't know what is does that help that's uh, that's
0: a good i mean that might be i guess more of a question for racers and riders um now but like for example yeah. you know the tour was on when we were in europe this year and like the guys were racing and they would watch the tour but I, it's like one of those things does it help to watch professional bike racing or does it does it hurt like does it make you think about your own race more um yeah right. i don't know i don't know i will i will give a story just because um why not um and uh so you know steven um or the ox um he's we all love steven so he won't mind that i i'm sure that i tell a story about him but essentially <laughs> He went to, well, first of all, he won green mountain stage race overall. He was a, an absolute animal and actually won by like five minutes solo, um, on one of the stages and won the overall, it was amazing. So, um, he's incredible, but I'll still a story of, of, um, one of his mistakes to, um, balance out the world. Um, but essentially while he, we were in Europe, uh, we did a single day classic style race and, um, he let's just say he. Messed up the finish. We'll we'll call it that. He uh, did not play his best tactic work in the world, um, and he knows that. But this man is actually a doctor. That's what he does. Um, He does uh, family medicine and does it um, virtually. So, But on this trip, he didn't work. Um, So maybe this is something to ask him in the future. But what he did do is watch a repeat video of his basically like how the final of the race played out. And he would watch it over and over again, I think to both like teach himself what happened or maybe figure out how he could fix what happened in the future, which I like give credit to learning, but also at the same time, that's like, um, if you're reliving it too many times, then that can also be like, lead you down a bad path. So, um, you know, he's not here to answer this question, but I would be curious, like if he was working on that trip, would that have actually helped him or hurt him? Um yeah. or you know, or is that just a lesson to be learned like more in the future? So just yeah, that's
1: a good yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ask your person you bring on.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll ask him someday. Um, but it just shows to like racers at all level, like need little things to, you know, not dwell or not overthink or anything like that. Um and I think you were were you teammates with Corinne at some point on we, no, we
1: only we um she was the uh so my second race professional race ever mm-hmm. was toward Gila.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and I went down so the first race was with neben and her team. She was world champion, right? I get time cut. Ooh, okay. Uh at Redlands. All right. So regroup, go to Gila, which who thinks that's a good idea for a, a beginner sprinter.
0: Mm-hmm. What a swing.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so it's Kristen Armstrong, Alex all right. and Corinne.
0: All right. So talk
1: about like yeah, the different Neben and Armstrong, oh my yeah. god! And then yeah. Armstrong and Allison Powers in the same room, oh my god! <laughs> and then you got cool Corinne that's still super young, but has like she's got so much more years and experience than I do in bike racing. And yeah, me in my mind's eye, like she's older than me, and you know because mm-hmm. she's more experienced and like super cool. Like her dad's there with the RV and Wally, bless his heart. Aww. Um you know, cooking dinner for everybody. And I'm like, Whoa, this is, you know, and she's just super nice. And then being in Europe with her some, but no, we were never teammates, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: She just always had such a a way of mentally processing things and kind of, as you kind of mentioned, mentioned like cool and, and chill. Um, And like this year she's gone through some stuff and, Um, that has kind of like derailed her season a little bit and like the way she processes it and like still gives her breathing herself, seemingly breathing room to process it and like be upset about it, but then use it as a, as an energy boost, I think is like something that I respect big time. Cause if, you know, if you as an athlete can figure out how to do that, that's like, wow, so powerful. Um,
1: yeah, Yeah, it gives you a bit more. I, longevity, I'd say mentally yeah. longevity, but then not have any resentment of the sport.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Too. I've seen a lot of that. Um, and it takes a while from, for people to retire and go far away from the sport and then slowly Drift back. get back into it a little yeah. bit. And, you yeah. know, it's, just, it's like, yeah. Oh man, I think that it was heartbreaking so much that you left it completely.
0: Uh, so. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, So this podcast doesn't become like three hours long, (laughs) um, which I appreciate. Um, let's actually, I would love to talk about kind of what you think, where the sports headed and what Mm -hmm. that might look like. Um, and it it can be what you hope it becomes. And then also, I, I, you know, I would love to hear kind of like where you're, um, how you're seeing it change. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm so excited. Um, I think gravel is actually good for us. Mm-hmm. Um there's now a world championships, which means there's going to be a national championships, which means there's probably going to be a series. I, I don't know. I mean, I work at USA Cycling, but I do not know that for sure. Let me put my stamp on that and say <laughs> no definitive yes or yep. no from USA Cycling. Um, but um I would just imagine that that's probably in the pipeline. And I'm really excited about that actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people are worried that road racing is dying. And this, I could be completely wrong, but what I see is the sports growing because of the gravel sector. And I kind of feel like it's the ebb and flow of when mountain biking first came on the scene and there were no rules in mountain biking. All these bikes were different and they were the outlaws. And that's essentially what gravel is, Yeah, right? I mean, there's no rules and all the different types of bikes are coming out. And so um, what you're seeing is like the masses are doing these gravel events and we're starting to see slight crossover into some of the road racing. I had a, um, a gal reach out to me the week of nationals, road nationals, and she wanted to enter the race, the women's race, because the start of the road race for road nationals was safer than some of the gravel events. And she's like, well, I just want to throw my name in the hat and see what uh-huh. happens. Cause you know, top 10 at, a, at most of the gravel events. Um, and she did pretty well at road nets. And so you know, that could put something in the back of your head of, well, there's the Olympics in LA or, you know, Paris in 2024 or world Mm. championships. Why don't I Mm. throw my hat in the ring and give it a go. Yeah. I mean, and you look at Lauren DeCrescenzo coming back from her TBI years and years ago, we raced against each other and, you know, slowly integrating in gravel and doing well and now freaking excelling and then coming Mm. over to the road and getting second at nationals. Like, you know, it's, I think, I'm I'm actually excited about it. Um, and then seeing Keegan go <laughs> go over and give give a shot at worlds like this is crazy. But yeah, um, you know, when you're strong is strong, you know, whatever sport it is, and um, whether it be mountain biking or whatever. So I'm stoked on where the sport's going. Um, more of the world tour teams having women's teams is just awesome um i think the calendar is growing faster than the teams are growing now so it's like trying to keep who's yeah. going to keep up with yeah. um when you have a smaller roster of a women's team but they're doing all these races it'd be interesting to see how that all kind of plays out um yeah but oh man and seeing like the women's tour to france take off i was just like god that is so cool and you know we i participated in the first i'd say La Course you know and that's in Paris it's like again that was quite the experience and just like on the Champs-Élysées like it was just it was <laughs> unbelievable. like oh my god like who gets to do who does this like what, yeah. how did I get here um to now see like a proper women's race happening and it's just oh man it is so cool to see and um you see Van Vluten smashing it and like training with the guys like yep I think it's like finally getting to the, the, the marathon status of like we've got equal distances because we can do the same thing,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, you know, or triathlon, you know, it's equal. So I just think it's growing leap, leaps and bounds now that we've got some proper coverage on TV or people are now versed in flow bikes and GCN and how to find it and watch it. And now that it's being covered and uh, yeah, I'm I think it's just like, with to the moon. Let's go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like Jumble. the the evening out needs to take place. Um Even, but you know it's like in the states thing,
1: Yeah, like in the states the American Crit Cup is kind of like wrapping its head around things. The NCL now taken off and whatever that looks like. Like mm-hmm. people want to have bike racing in the US and I road racing and I know it's expensive and so I think that's also another reason for gravel, right? Cause it's so much cheaper yeah. to put on, open roads. Like, right? okay, well then that could be a whole other podcast in itself too. Right. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, it, you know, you get the train and you get the distance, you get the racing and gravel, and then you come over to the road and get the, the, like, whoop, let's yeah. cons- get this down to the nitty gritty. So it's, yeah, I think it's cool.
0: I think the the, it's funny that you said that you mentioned gravel and like how it's expanding and changing the sport, it's actually just had a conversation with an athlete earlier today about how I, we've start as a company, we've started to receive more athletes lately that are wanting to focus on road racing again. Um, versus, okay. there was a period of time for a very like extended period of time where we were primarily getting gravel riders and racers. Um, and then that is now starting to flip. And I think it's not, you know, entirely flipping, but it is a difference And, um, I want to say like a big part of that is just gravel came in and showed us a different sport and a different, um, you know, discipline within our sport and people were pumped on it. People gave it a try. And then I think people loved it and people still do. And then there was also some people that were like, Hey, there's sections of this that I really love, but there's sections of it that I don't. And then Mm -hmm. there's sections of road racing that I really miss. And I just needed that break from it, um, to be able to like step away and come back to it and. Um, it's been cool to watch that. Cause I have had a couple of athletes that are like, man, there's parts of gravel, like the start or the duration, or, um, you know, maybe feeling like it's a little bit less competitive within their environment. So like their category yeah. or age group or whatever you want to call it. Um, so then they've been going back and doing kind of like what they started with, which is pretty cool. So I'm curious, this is like my personal hunch. I'm curious if that means that, you know, we could see a resurgence within the road discipline in the U S if that'll be the days of old of like the countless stage races, probably not, but, um, it could be something new and exciting, which would be pretty sweet.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, Maryland popping up and having that, uh, Montreal just now announcing that they're getting worlds in 27, you know, so hopefully it's closer to home um and where Joe Martin essentially wants to go i think leading into 2028 like you know you're right I, well i agree with you in the fact that i think again it like the ebb and flow of the sport like it went from road to mountain biking and then back to road and now to gravel and then poor cycle like, across and track. <laughs>
0: so long for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs>
1: yeah. Um so yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited too to see like you said, um come back and maybe like I said, like the entry. Yeah, do gravel because it's um it's fun. It's you can choose your distance, choose your time, choose your start, um, you know, make it however you want. Um and you can Essentially, you could, yeah, you can't really do that with road racing can you? because I mean, there's eventually like a time cut because usually yeah. it's on laps, or whatever. But, um, but like feeding that competitive itch and urge is is fun. Uh, I'll tell you. On the flip side of that, mm-hmm. Janelle and I have done a couple of events together. Spiker, um, we were teammates on Vita and the Juro team. And lovely gal, super super climber. Um, but she and I have done a couple of events and we literally start at the back of the shorter distance, like the 60 mile or 70 mile, 50 mile distance. And we just spread love and happiness to anybody that we pass along. (laughs) We stop at all the aid stations and like, Oh my God, these are great snack, play all the games. And, um, we recently, uh, did an event up in, uh, we did RPI Rebecca's private Idaho in Sun Valley. And we rode with Karen Jarkow. Um, and you know, Uh, I don't want I don't think I'm speaking out of turn for Karen because I think she put on social media but essentially she had come to the stage race done a couple of the days and just was not feeling it not doing well like mentally where she was and I think life changes and trying to figure out where she is in the space and sport um and she was going to pull the pin and drive home and we're like hey you know we're all friends like just ride with us and she's like okay she's like what time do I get to the start and we're like five minutes before at the back and she's like what you know so like literally everybody has left and we're like putting jackets on like just sitting around talking and she's like should we go <laughs> we're like, yeah I guess so she's like I've never been at an event like this and started like this and just like we ended up having a spectacular day and doing the potato gun shoot, like whatever it was like uh it was you know and I think she had a a really new experience to these events in a different capacity of like, Oh my God, I never knew there was a stream right there. And I've done this race three years in a row. It's like, yeah, like this bike riding can be fun again. So it's just like, you know, the, those that start in the sport and then those that finish in the sport too, and kind of like that bell curve and those on the edge, right. How do we capture or keep mm-hmm. You know, And I think that's going to be the key. Um, yeah, and, yeah. yeah
0: that's I, it was actually one of my questions was to ask you about um in, inclusivity like basically bringing people in and kind of like having more of an, a welcoming sport in general and like if you feel that we've been able to change in that direction um and it sounds like you kind of do um uh, which is pretty great
1: yeah i definitely think it's welcoming the kicker is how expensive bikes are mm, yeah yeah. You know, and, um, I don't know if instead of having the, like the super bike or anything like that, if some of these companies could figure out how to create an entry level bike that is racer um, you know, or, 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 uh, affordable, but sus- that can sustain years of wear and tear.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I think that's. 'Cause I mean, we all had sticker shock when we went to, and got our first bicycle. It's oh, like, totally. oh and you gotta buy a helmet and you gotta shoes and a kit and like yeah. whoa, you know, all that is really expensive. Um that I think that's the the part that's tough for us to overcome. But as far as like mentality and inclusivity, yeah, I think we've we are we're doing that.
0: Yeah. I, I, think, we're it's, doing it. I think it's better. Um, yeah. yeah. I will say like, I'm proud of at least the direction the races in the U S have gone, um, and what they're trying to do. Um, they've got, you know, ways to go for sure. Um, but you know, and then going over to Europe and then it's just like, well, oh God, all right, cool. I'm stepping back in time. Um, as far as like inclusion goes, at least from what I experienced again. So, um, you know, the world has a bit to go, but, uh, it's cool that we are, when I say we, but others that are putting on these yeah, events maybe, are trying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're the litmus test of life. Or yeah. The, of the yeah. World. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, it, I'm, yeah, I'm curious if, and what kind of like takes root within the sport and how the developments take place. And um I definitely, you know, there are those out there that are kind of poo pooing on the sport as it stands, but I think like that it, it is heading in, good places just by heading in places, um, and by changing yeah. and by, you know, making steps. Cause that like looking back on, you know, my racing, not a whole lot changed in that time. Like it was kind of static. Um, and a lot of people love to call that the heyday, like tour of California, like tour of Missouri, like all those great races taking place. But I, you know, to a degree, I agree with that, but also like it obviously didn't, um, lead to, too much so i think like this direction at least having upward momentum is is great
1: yeah well i would definitely say it's changed tremendously those three races you listed off never had a women's race
0: yeah well great point great point you
1: know it's like um you know and i'll give maryland a pass um first year (laughs) right (laughs) no women's race like okay but um you know uh yeah you look at the tour de france like how long has it taken them to come Gosh. back around yeah come on yeah
0: yeah man well um, um
1: so th- there's always work to do Always.
0: sure sure but positive is the is the great thing um okay. which is what yeah. i'm excited about well um yeah i guess just thanks for jumping on and, and just having a, a brainstorm about um what the sport is i think i just love kind of uh yeah hearing putting an ear to, to your your thoughts and and kind of hearing what you have to, um, to say and see from kind of your experience and where the where what's to come. Um, it's always fun. So hey, thanks for yeah,
1: thanks for having me on. And yeah. ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to hear the rest <laughs> of the story, all you have to do is get in the team card team yeah. camp, and we do this for hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is actually just basically one of those conversations it really is it's a yeah. good point <laughs> yeah so yeah tune tune in and i'll basically just have all my podcast gear in the car next year and just make it way easier on us so we don't even have to bother scheduling this awesome. um uh, and then hopefully you won't have to hear another story about lauren yeah kind of barely making <laughs> the routine uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no she's a trooper she's great um well so thank you thank you thank you um and thanks everyone and yeah we'll be we'll be back